Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Adira Robinson, and I proudly serve as the executive director with CDR Columbus. And I'd like to thank you for turning into this episode of Red Jacket Roundtable with City Year. And so each episode that we have will feature local community members, spotlighting community and civic issues with a focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Uh, this podcast will also explore the intersectional challenges that uh, impact students and our partner schools and with all the different work that other organizations are doing in the community. So our most previous episode, we featured one of our AmeriCorps members, Natalie Cosgray, who's currently serving as a team leader at South High School. So if you get a chance, go back and check out that episode. You can find it on our Facebook page or on YouTube, Spotify, and Rustbrow. But I'm really excited today because we have a really cool discussion um, with leaders of the Ethiopian Tewahedos Social <laughs> Service Organization, or ETSS, if I pronounced that correctly. And so the mission of ETSS is to be the focal point of integration for immigrants, refugee families, and low-income individuals in Central Ohio in order to improve the equality of their lives, facilitate the integration through education, training, supportive services, and self-development opportunities, and to increase the awareness of their cultural culture, excuse me, and heritage in Central Ohio. So our two guests today are leaders of ETSS, and I'd like to introduce Dr. Seleshi Asfaw, who is the executive director, excuse me, president and CEO of ETSS, and Emmanuel Merdasa, did I say that correctly? Mm -hmm. Emmanuel yep. Merdasa, who is director of youth programs with ETSS. So welcome, thank you for joining us on this episode of Red Jacket Roundtable. Thank you, Adira. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited about this conversation because I know a lot about your organization. I've been involved with the organization in the past and this is an opportunity for many folks uh, that we interact with to learn more about what you do and the uh, individuals that you serve. So to, to get us started, I really, you know, just uh, give us a little bit of background about yourselves and how you got to be involved with this organization. All right, um, uh, Manuel, you want me to go ahead? <clears throat> you are muted. Um, <clears throat> uh, thank you, Adero. Thank you really for this opportunity. We, we are partnering and working together. Uh, we know each other. We know City of Columbus uh, for so many <clears throat> areas. And, because what I like Columbus is partnership, collaboration. So I have been uh, with the organization since the very beginning. I'm the founding member and president and CEO for ETSS, Ethiopian Toward Social Services. I'm from Ethiopia. My background is a medical doctor in the health profession and a master's in public health. Uh, <clears throat> so I came here in Columbus 24 years ago because of the political reason in my country. Um, I was pushed and left my country with my family. So since I came, I just, uh, you know, came to Columbus because of, because of family, you know, one of my family here living in Columbus. So I came here and <clears throat> I see the challenge that Ethiopian diaspora was struggling 
and especially on the youth. Uh, when they came as a refugee immigrant, they just throw them to neighborhoods that are not really the school system, the education, health, and everything was down and safety. So these children was really exposed because of peer pressure and others with some un really outside of our culture and those are affected with drugs and others. So I was very, very sad in the community leaders approach that to do something about these youngsters. So that's what, you know, they really pushes me for in the community leaders to start the organization. So that's my background and uh, the rest will, will talk maybe. Maybe I'll give that for Amani. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. It's really, uh, we, I know a city here for a long time, uh, prior to the work we're doing and you uh, and your organizations are doing really great job in helping uh, our students in the school as well. And uh, to speak about myself, I'm also originally from Ethiopia. I moved to United States about 25 years ago now. And I uh, moved uh, because of the same reason, political situation back home. And uh, prior to moving to United States, I uh, had uh, four, attended uh, four years uh, college uh, and had my uh, bachelor degree in uh, majoring in physics and math, minoring in maths and uh, taught in a high school for uh, about 10 years. Uh, and I also have been a, a curriculum developer and uh, uh, textbook editors uh, during that period as well. So bringing that experience to the United States, um, I did not continue with the teaching profession. Instead, I studied computer programming, have my associate degree in that and work in IT field for a short time. Uh, before I joined uh, ETSS in year 2008. Uh, uh, 2008. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks for sharing that information about, you know, your background and how you came to Central Ohio. I'm curious, you know, the name, Ethiopian Tewahedo Social Services, that, that the name Tewahedo, what, is, what does that mean? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, that's, that's really... A good question because the Wahido is the center in front uh, for our organization name. This is one of the ancient African language, <clears throat> which means uh, all humanity is one uh, or coming together as one. This is just called cooperation, collaboration. Um, it has a deep meaning and philosophy um, because, um, <clears throat> because, you know, there are so many cultural uh, proverbs in different parts of the world at which really we want to the American community to learn and to know. That's what purposely we put that Tawahido um, because, you know, rather than, you know, the common term is unity and collaboration, cooperation is better to bring a different um, how the ancient or ancient people um, use strong words for, for unity and especially in our philosophy that we, we believe that all humanity is one and this oneness creates a responsibility for all of, us, for all of us to support each other, to care each other, to work together. So because it supports our philosophy, we love the Tawahedo to be center in front for our organization. That's why uh, we, we really want Central Ohio community to learn. Um, and it's really, really reflects what Central Ohio are very welcoming. And, you know, cooperation, unity, one way of Columbus way, 
So it fits the, the, the Central Ohio's team. So we, we love that to be there in our name. Okay. Now you both talked a little bit about your journey from Ethiopia here to the United States. And I'm curious about the other uh, families that you serve that come from, uh, from Ethiopia. What are some of the reasons why they come to Central Ohio? What's, what about Central Ohio draws a lot of uh, individuals and families from Ethiopia? Um, <clears throat> I think one of the main reasons why people came to Central Ohio or in general to the United States is mainly is uh, one is a political reason uh, because of crisis, as you've seen in Ukraine, as you've seen in Afghanistan, as you've seen in Ethiopia and all over the world, it is because of man-made war and crisis. And then second is natural disasters because of disasters, people displaced from their um, you know, natural home and places and they leave their country. Mm -hmm. And then third is looking for an opportunity. Uh, people looking a better job, people looking a better economy and life and education. So they try to get means of, of coming to the United States. And there are some, you know, be, you know become like a family union um, to rejoin their, their families coming to United States or Europe or Canada. <clears throat> and, uh, but for our reason, as I told you myself and Emmanuel, uh, because of the political turmoil and because of the division, different, um, um, you know, political special situations that, you know, whatever <clears throat> you, you, you speak the truth, no one is really like the truth. So either they will push you out or they will put you in prison or they will kill you. So it's, it's a matter of survival. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of storing behind um, for each refugee and asylum case. Um, most of us, we were pushed. We don't want really to leave our country. We have a good job. We have a good profession. Um, we have established family and extended family. Mm -hmm. And it was our prime time really to serve um, our community where we came from. That's unfortunate, um, we left. Um, and then, for example, my reason I came to Central Ohio, I don't know about Central Ohio, but because I have a family, <clears throat> when I came here, they sponsored us, so I have to come. But the majority of the people, why they choose Central Ohio is very interesting. Number one is, as you know, I hope, I hope you know very well that Central Ohio is becoming the hub of a lot of businesses because um, sixty percent of uh, both the U.S. and Canada population live um, within six hundred miles of Columbus. This allows ninety percent of products distribution to reach these people within two days. So a lot of businesses, e-commerces um, <clears throat> like Amazon and others came. Nowadays to Central Ohio, Central Ohio is attracting because of this access of the larger, um, you know, community of United States or Canada is really within two days they can they can reach us. So you can see now from time to time, you know, Central Ohio is growing and attracting many, um, you know, distribution centers in Central Ohio, and the job market is really paying about 3.5 percent more than the national average. <clears throat> so. One is really driving the economy and the job opportunity. Second is Ohio in general, and the citizen accounts in particular are very welcoming. 
Um, you see that, you know, the governor of Ohio um, and during uh, Governor Kasich, um, he created the Office of, of, Office of Opportunity for New Americans. And uh, the city of Columbus, the Mayor Coleman, put together the New Americans Initiative as an, in the office, in the, um, in the mayor, under the mayor's office. Uh, the county commissioners are very, very welcoming. They created the New American Advisory Council. So, you know, our cities, um, I mean, Rennersburg elected for the first time the first Nepali council member um, and, and Whitehall, the mayors, I mean, very, very cooperative, very, very welcoming. So it looks like, you know, uh, the central Ohio region is really very welcoming for refugees. They refuse like that safety, that, that welcomeness. And the third part, is really because of they want to reunite with their family, with their community, the large, uh, the, the first largest Bhutanese Nepali community outside their countries in here in Columbus. Uh, the second largest common Somali community is in, in, in here in Columbus. And you know, there are, you know, we, we serve communities from East Africa, like Somalians, Ethiopians, Eritreans, Sudanese, Kenyans, um, Central um, America, I mean, Africa, like Congolese community, West Africa, Middle Eastern, Iraqis and Syrians, uh, Southeast Asia, like Burmese and Bhutanese Nepali communities. Uh, we serve from South America and Central America and Mexico, a lot of Guatemala and others and Mexicans that we are serving. Um, so it's really, um, I mean, it is, yes, we are now serving more than 60 countries around the world. So that's the reason why people come to Central Ohio is one is the job market, Second is housing. Third is education system. I mean, Columbus is schools one of the largest <clears throat> um, um, big city. And you know that they created this global academy for specialized for refugee immigrants. Uh, the healthcare system, one of the best is, is the, like the James Cancer Institute, the Nationwide Children Hospital, the health centers. The health system is really good. Um, and adult education centers everywhere. The social services network is excellent. Like you, the city of Columbus, CTSS, Refugee Immigrant Serving Organizations. There are about um, 8,000, I think, health and human service organizations in Franklin County, and about 15,000 in Central Ohio. So you can see the social network, network is so intensive, extensive, and in welcoming refugees immigrants. The faith-based and community-based communities are also welcoming. So I think the infrastructure, <clears throat> social system, education, health, the government, all these um, and the foundations, individuals are really attractive. And I remember 1997 when I came here, 1990, you can, you can drive from downtown, from East Main or Broad Street without any traffic at that time. Right now, you know, from downtown to come here, I have to stay until 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. in my down office, downtown office, because the traffic is jammed. That the, 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 the streets that I know in East Main and, and Broad Street, my goodness, you cannot believe it's, you know, that it's jammed. You know, we live in Reynoldsburg. So uh, <clears throat> it's very interesting how the population is really growing, um, that it shows you how really the market is attracting um, the central post. There is a demand the need and the demand in our balance. So the need of the, the, the market is really attracting a lot of employees to come. And uh, we are one of the employers 
providing for Central Ohio, how many demand that we have? I mean, the market is really looking at job. Some they have about 3,000 job openings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of every day that they are knocking our door, we need a job, we need employment. So it, it shows you that, you know, Central Ohio becomes a hub, the business hub of, you know, of, you know, in the United States, one of the, the big attraction places um, here in Central Ohio. So mm -hmm. I think that was the reason why people are coming with those, those different factors. Um, there, there may be some other reasons, but that's my observation in the last 20 years. You shared a lot of really interesting points there, and I'm curious, you know, as, you know, City Year is a youth-serving organization working with young people and young adults, and I know, uh, Emmanuel, you said you were uh, a high school teacher at one point, and you're a director of uh, youth service programs for ETSS. With everything that Dr. Celestia was sharing about, you know, how families, you know, some of the reasons why folks are coming to Central Ohio because of jobs, social services, there's a lot of opportunity here, housing. What are some of the uh, things that the young people are experiencing as their families are coming over? Are you finding young people are coming over with their families? Or are they coming over separate by themselves, depending on their age? How does that process work? Um, Dr. Slashi explained it very well, how immigrants are refugees. Just to take back a little bit, uh, you know, they, we, we are the migrants refugee coming to different roads uh, and some flee to other country before they got here, leave in refugee camps in a kind of just, you know, horrible, horrible situation where they don't have a lot of uh, infrastructures, uh, including health, uh, uh, school, for anything you need as a human being. And then they get a chance to come to this land of opportunity where uh, life system is so complicated and that they are looking, they left, left behind, we as immigrants left everything behind and come to this country for safety at the beginning. And then uh, we're looking for the place where we're comfortable, welcome. And when we say welcome, the, the words look like as easy as that, but it, it has an entire package of welcoming. Uh, to start with understanding why immigrants and refugees are in this place, first of all, and then what do they need? And what is their goal? What is their intention? So, uh, to, sub, to understand them and to support them as a human being, to restart life they left uh, uh, alone. Uh, and and uh, as, as a youth, youth uh, most of the youth arrive in the United States uh, with their families. And uh, the family's main major goal as a parent is to bring their children to the safest environment safest place where they can grow up to be uh, what they want to be in the future. So then when they come to uh, the country, even one thing I would like to mention is by resettlement agents, uh, agencies, they placed into different states. But we have uh, the second migration from the state where even they were placed to Ohio because they have once they settle somewhere, they start gathering information 
and looking for the place where they welcomed, where uh, other immigrants, refugees come before them, have a good experience and successful as well in uh, supporting their families and raising their children in a safe environment that includes schools. So when we talk about schools emerging from uh, the, the biggest uh, school district in Central Ohio, uh, Columbus City School and the surrounding school districts. Uh, and also when they go to college, we have community college here at the center and we have other universities small as well as big. And we have Ohio State margin, like where uh, a lot of uh, international students attend compared to other uh, colleges in, in the country. So this, these are, uh, as Dr. Sleshi said, adding to others the hub, like what we're looking for uh, to improve ourselves and contribute to uh, the development of this country besides supporting our, our children. So when I moved here, I didn't have a children, but I was thinking where I do raise my kids, where uh, I, I am looking for a safe place and a better school and where I can support my children and as well as my entire family as well. And so uh, Columbus is what we call it at home. It's more convenient compared to any other cities. That's why other immigrants and refugees are uh, moving or, or migrating from other states to central Ohio as well. And when we look at just, you know, uh, saying supporting family beside jobs, uh, what kind of job? Like, you know, sometimes if it is not paying enough to support your family, you have to do two jobs. If you're working two jobs, imagine that is 16 hours itself, and it takes a whole time away from your family. And uh, it's, it's very difficult to raise children then. So compared to the big cities where people have to work many hours, stay away from their children, if uh, you know two parents raising children, uh, Columbus and Central Ohio are one of the best cities, I would say. And uh, that is the, the opportunity that is uh, most immigrants are, uh, and refugees are looking forward to come to Central Ohio. That's interesting. So can you talk a little bit more about, you talked about jobs and you know, the workforce when folks uh, come to Central Ohio. What type of programming do you have that you all facilitate in helping folks get those jobs, either getting the right training, certifications, education, or just searching? Do they come to you for that assistance? Um, or how, how, how do you help uh, individuals that just, you know, uh, arrived to Columbus and helping them connect with uh, employment opportunities? Um, <clears throat> when, um you know, refugees, immigrants, asylum cases, there are different routes that they came to Central Ohio or <clears throat> United States. Let me take the formal way that how we are serving refugee immigrants. Um, refugees came through the central um, government, through the United States uh, State Department. There are nine settlement agencies 
throughout the nation, which they will receive <clears throat> um, those um, refugees and then assign to their local affiliates, uh, community-based organizations. So <clears throat> these are called local resettlement agencies. These local resettlement agencies welcome refugees at their port, give them orientation, uh, find them apartment, housing, enroll them to Franklin County Job and Family Services for benefit system. So the Franklin County Job and Family Services is a benefit agency. They have subcontractors under Job and Family Services, Franklin County. So they, once they enroll in the Franklin County system, they assign those refugees to refugee immigrant serving organizations like ETSS, Jewish Family Services, or CRIS, or us together. So we, as a service provider contracted to Job and Family Services, um, our role task is for these people to teach English as second language, first class, first level, uh, middle, and um, those higher levels, there are different grades. So you put on those three classes. <clears throat> so those who, who really speak English well, you know, directly we put them into soft skills and job skills training. How to be on time, how to work as a team, there are, there are the interview skills, resume building, all those necessary for the job market. Once they complete those trainings, they work with their job developer and job developer meet, you know, match with the interest of jobs that they are looking for so that they can assign. If they don't have really a skill, either Jesse Penny or the airport area or um, Amazon or, you know, the different distribution centers, warehouses. If they are professional, we try to connect with at least close related with, with, their, with their professions. So that's how our employment work for development works. Mm -hmm. For those who are looking a skilled specific training, then through partners like the eight certification, either with Columbus State Community College or with uh, Columbus School Education Center like nurse aid and nurses and um, trainings, we refer them before actually we are providing the, the health STNA program uh, when COIC was, was here. But we stop that now. We, we through partners, either Debray or any adult education centers that provide skill-specific training, we refer to them, and then they will get certified within a year or two years, and then they will get their job. There are some like engineers and others who came directly. We have a good partnership with like AAP and others, which you know we work with their human resource HR, and then through them at least they will get their engineering level close to that kind of uh, jobs. What is the hardest point is really those highly trained, skilled immigrants. It's really very hard to navigate the system. It's very hard for them uh, to build that network, professional network. Um, it's a constant struggle. Still, still we, didn't, we couldn't find a solution for those highly skilled individuals like doctors, pharmacists. Um, they have to go from scratch again, school system. They have to be certified, they have to be licensed. It takes years and years. In the meantime, um, that, that family, they have to get a job, they have to have a bread on the table. So they are forced to work in, in un unrelated works. They are underemployed. They're very traumatized because they lost their jobs, their skills. 
And that's really a constant struggle here in the, in the United States of Central Ohio. Other than that, the entry-level jobs, <clears throat> like you know, those refugee migrant serving organizations, that's our main job, really, to, to find them a job. Then, uh, because our programs are designed in such a way, family focus, uh, to stabilize families. So every child of that family has been taken care of, like a manual department takes care of the children from five to 13 years old, from 14 to 15 years old, mm -hmm. from 16 to 18 years old. We have so variety programs, which Emmanuel will explain to you. Then we'll take care of them that way with the children. <clears throat> with the adults, we have the workforce development program. We have the health, <laughs> education and mentalism, trauma-informed care program. We have a domestic violence programs. So all kind of, because it's a very holistic program that we're running, any refugees came to our centers, they will get in one way or another service. If not, then we'll prefer to our partners. Mm -hmm. So that's how our work for development is working and other adult program services that we are. And you know, we, we have majority of services within house, but if we need, then we will connect and, and work with our partners. Okay, that's interesting how you all, that all connects. I was, I was wondering how that worked and how you provided those services. I did want to ask another question. So um, to give a personal example, a friend of mine I used to play basketball with, he was from Ethiopia. Um, I can't remember which city he taught. He's from, I know he's from Ethiopia. And he came here when he was about eight or nine years old. Mm. And he went to Columbus City Schools. And, you know, learning more about his, his background, he said it was more challenging for his parents as they were getting settled in Central Ohio, but it was a different experience for him as a young person going to the school he went to. He went to a Columbus City School and he felt that he had a, it was easier for him to connect with what he, he said, connecting his culture with the American culture, understanding it a little bit easier than his, his mother and father could and his older brothers and sisters. Do you find that uh, folks that, that come from Ethiopia and who are immigrants who, who are, you know, uh, under, uh, uh, you say, asylum, or they're coming mm -hmm. from asylum? asylum refugee. Yeah. Asylum refugees, yes. Or, or they may be coming from a place that may not be as safe. And like you said, you want their, their children to be safe here. Um, are you finding it more challenging for the young people as they go into the school system or for the parents as they navigate the other services around housing, workforce development? Because I'm thinking about the young people that we serve in some of the schools that um, are, are new new Americans or who may have been here for a little bit longer, right? And are still working to understand, you know, why does why does we why do we do these things? It's so different from our country. And I'm still figuring out how to navigate these different systems and policies and culture differences. How do you all help the young folks and some of the families deal with those things or work through them, I should say? Emmanuel, and go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, this is exactly why we started uh, the youth service at mm -hmm. ETSS. And parents, the first thing they have it in their mind is putting, um, you know, food on the table as a priority uh, to survive. And the kids have to go to school. What the school choose to uh, do is, you know, looking at their age, whatever was said, and do a simple calculation and find them to the classroom of their age. So I, uh, before I joined the ETSS, I volunteered at city schools, 
helping these youth, I saw and witnessed myself firsthand sitting with them in a classroom. It's so overwhelming when they do not speak the language and know the culture. Uh, if they directly come from their country, like Ethiopia and other South Asian countries or South American countries, you cannot compare the school system with their school system with the American school system. Very simply, the school buildings are completely different. And the day-to-day -day activity from the time they enter the building to later time they leave the building is not the same at all. And it's so overwhelming, it's not comprehensive for them. And they have little language to communicate and get enough help. And uh, at, at the time we started this program, there was no much help in the school. They're by themselves to navigate it. And uh, going to a restroom or line up in a cafeteria or going to the library is you cannot imagine. It's what American born kids take for granted. Uh, but not for the newcomers. So uh, our program is uh, bridging this service gap. Relieving parents, at least give them a hope. Uh, when I started as volunteers, I'm telling you, teachers trying to communicate with parents the same way they're communicating with American-born uh, kids' parents. And I imagine they're sending uh, post-its this is back in 2006, 2007, uh, sending notes to be there, the, the children. And uh, at one point, my church member, who was a single mom with four kids, and she showed me one of her children's takes the uh, exercise book. And this note, it was, uh, post notes were piled up. And now the assumption, the assumption of the teacher of that child is the parent didn't want to respond. But this parent is hopeless. She doesn't know what to do. And even to know that the teacher was uh, looking for the parent's attention as well. And so uh, during the after school program, what we do is our major focus, or this is the year round, uh, overall our past, our uh, youth department is uh, had the goal of holistic approach uh, to provide academic support, social emotional learning, and health and wellness, cultural enrichment, and professional development to all school aides. Through the program we are developed over the year. The first one is the early child education. We need to educate the parents. Why do a child need an early child education even before they enrolled into school? Where I grow up, kids wait until the age seven before they go to school and everything is started at a school. But here is completely different. And most immigrants and refugee kids, when they enter the pre-K, they don't have the skill of the American born kids have. They, know, they don't know how to hold a crown. They don't know how to use the scissors, those simple things. And that is where it starts falling behind. And then when they enter the kindergarten, they use a nickname. They don't know their nickname, their real name, like you no, know, as they're culturally called at home. Or they don't know their parents' name. They call it Papa, Mama, or others' nickname. They don't pronounce their address 
or even like you know, memorize the phone number, what the kindergartens had to do. And it goes like that as a ripple effect. They're always behind their peer group. And imagine when they're coming at a school age, that is now completely different. So they read below the level of the grade they are assigned in because when they assign them, the school is not looking at their skill. They're looking at what age they're graduating. So they, they, these kids are placed in a level where they're not performing as their peer groups at all. So that is where our program steps in. What we do is we provide a year round program starting from our early school age. And as they enter kindergarten, we have after school program for the school year. And then during the summer, the, uh, the summer program. Our main focus is what I've listed earlier. We've, we focus on academic achievement. Uh, we do our own assessment. We have a standard assessment which is equivalent to the assessment the schools are doing. Based on that, we look at the level at which these students are performing compared to their peer groups or grades and provide as much support as possible to let them catch up with their peer groups. And during the summer, we make sure there is no summer learning pullback or summer uh, 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 skill slide and we provided you know like for even american born kids during the summer they're away from the school it's very common to have summer skill loads and uh, when it comes to migrants and refugees they don't have the culture of uh, you know going to the library and borrow the book probably they're not the member and how many books they would who's going to follow up and, and uh, to prevent that summer loss, we designed a, a, a specific curriculum targeting the ELL uh, students. And not only on their academic, as I said, we also work on their social emotional learning. With part, we have a great partner to support that. Uh, the P4S, a partnership for sexes group have been partners since the beginning, since they were uh, featured ready Columbus with us, they provide us a lot of supports. Uh, we're using their curriculum and do DESA assessments and uh, provide uh, all social emotional skills the students need. And, you know, as the students remain in school, they're past learners and uh, they, they adapt to American culture, learn their language, even within two, three years, they don't know if they were born somewhere else or still speaking. And uh, that also has its own negative things. They pull themselves away from their parents, forgetting about their cultures, where the parents want them to know their cultures, still speak their language. So these kids are, like somebody living in two different countries on the same day. When they're in school during the day, they want to behave and act like any American kids. When they come home after the school, they want to be like the parents want to be like, you no know, living according to their culture. So we're kind of like in between mediating them, teaching them to be very proud of who they are with their culture 
when they're learning the new culture as well, so that they have their own self-identity. And uh, we call it third identity here in our program because these kids we're serving have very strong friendship and relationship with each other because of the third identity they're working together despite of their background, which, which, which part of the world that they're coming from. They have this common kind of what we call a third identity. And- uh, No, I, I was gonna say that was a good point um, you made because my, my, my friend of mine, he would have those challenges with his parents and his grandparents. Mm. And he would um, have all of his American friends and he would bring that part of the culture home. They're like, no, 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 no. This is what we do here in this house yeah. that you can't. And he was like, no, no, no. I, I like listening to this type of music now. I like these types of clothes. I like these types of movies. And they're like, no, no, no. You, when you're in our home, you, you speak our language and you eat our, you know, our cuisine and these things that we are, we're used to. And you're just going to the school to get the education. You're not an American. You know, he's like, well, no, I disagree. So there was a lot of friction. It even happened when he did go off to went to Ohio State University. And he would have still those those challenges with his. I think they were able to, you know, mm -hmm. make that work. But I remember him telling me those 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 stories. So that's that's very, very interesting. Yeah. That that that's very true. And uh, you know, the other thing we're doing during our out-of-school time program, both the after school and the summer camp, is empowering the parents. Parents were very, very helpless. And a school environment is very intimidating, intimidating for them. And it's not welcoming until I would say recently, uh, where we started partnership with uh, Columbus City School and other school district providing parents engagement program. And uh, what we started in after school program is to make our parents more comfortable uh, to attend uh, school events and as well as parents teacher conference, we created parents advisory committee in each it's school sites. Currently, we are creating a 13 site in Central Ohio. And this committee brings the parents together and educate them through the bilingual assistance in their native language and, and practice how to support their children. And we started what we call it Parents Tutor Conference, simulating Parents Teachers Conference, sitting down with the tutors of their students and talk about their children's academic achievement. We get school report from them or get it from the school and explain it to them how they can support. And we designed our after school program as a three-day program based on that. When they're coming one day to our program, we want them to do the same thing at home with the help of their parents. And the third day we come to our program and we check what they have done at home and then it continues like that. We don't want these, these students to stay in our program forever. And so most of the students graduated from our program and, and, and liberate themselves as an independent and can do well with the support of the parents in about three or four years. And that is the program we developed. And uh, empowering parents are very, very critical with that. And most parents are now comfortable to go to school and meet with the teachers. 
and, and attend school activities, including, including parents' teacher conference. Those parents come back and tell their own story to the new parents. I've been in your position several years ago. You can do it. And it will be better when you get involved, kind of. And uh, this is for uh, school age, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. And also during the summer, we engage our older kids as well. Uh, through, through our Hersey transition program, we engage age 14 and 15, where we transition, uh, we provide a lot of support transitioning from middle school to high school. This is the kind of uh, service gap in, uh, I would say, supporting our youth out of school. And uh, we recently read about uh, in the two-year program now, uh, and, and we have seen a lot of results. And when we're serving 13 and, and uh, at any age lower than 13, and again, through other programs, uh, serving uh, 16 and above, and 15, 14 and 15 years old, old youth were left behind. And so this, uh, what we call it, a healthy transition hub guide. For the older kids, we have the AMP program funded through the county, Achieve More and Prosper. This is the year-round program uh, where we provide a mentorship and, and, and also a lot of supportive services wherever they're struggling. Uh, including providing supplies, uh, providing tutors, uh, product, providing a, a lot of workshops where they gain skill. And also we provide them uh, uh, soft skill trainings uh, where they, we want them to be assigned in an internship program to test themselves. What is the area? How, where do what they want to be in the future? What kind of professions they want to pursue before they go to college? Most of uh, like the high schoolers, they enter college before they make a decision. And sometimes even at the second year or third year, they do not identify their majors. So they're wasting their time, they're wasting their resources and start, oh, this is not mine. So this program, what we call it, AMP programs through the internship, summer work experience, that help them to identify the area of interest they would like to work on to be uh, 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 self-sustained and professional in their adulthood. That's that's a lot of really good information you all are sharing. Yeah. I, I didn't, all the cultural pieces and all the uh, activities and resources that you're sharing, it, it's, it's incredible for all the folks that are coming in at so many different times of the mm -hmm. year, a year-round program. Um, we have about maybe five to seven minutes left, but I want to give, you know, you know, uh, Dr. Seleshi and Emmanuel an opportunity to share some other things about your your work and working with young people, families, how you're connecting folks coming in to our community. What are some other things that folks would want to know about how, you know, even the partnerships? How can folks get involved in working with? Mm -hmm. um, uh, a group like uh, ETSS. Yeah, uh, thank you, Adero. Really, this is a good opportunity to share. Um, ETSS has a, a lot of good uh, opportunities that um, any family and any and children can benefit. <clears throat> you know, as you see, our program crafted 
from early pregnancy to teenage pregnancy up to celebrate one, we're part of celebrate one where we celebrate the child's one year because the infant mortality is high here in Central Ohio. <clears throat> so we start early education for pregnancy, teenage pregnancy, even far. Now we started, we're developing a project for teenage sex education and child prevention and others in a kind of a game environment. We got a, a funding from Columbus Foundation and we are working with um, <clears throat> Ohio uh, University. The university professors are helping us designing that kind of a game education uh, for, for sex education, which is really very interesting, attractive to teenagers. So from all that, the way that as Emmanuel explained the early childhood education, then the five to 13, then 14, 16, 17, the health transition for teenagers, and then we have high school and then um, program. And then you go to adult. We don't have the senior program, but all the life cycle that um, people that they need tools to fight poverty and ignorance, we have it. One program that I would like to mention, there is a program called RIDA, <clears throat> Asset Building Program, Refugee Asset Building Program. If you save up $4,000, the program matches that $4,000. So at the end of the program, they, they, they will come up with $8,000 and that $8,000 will have a purpose. So they plan either they want to buy, purchase a car or a down payment for their housing or for education certification program or they start a business. So that program is becoming really gaining momentum. We got funded from um, the National Office of Refugee Resettlement through CDC. And uh, we're trying to build that micro enterprise and micro loan program. But right now we have this, you know, um, financial empowerment program, which is cool for many, they love it really. Number one, we, we, we teach them how to save money. Uh, number two, <clears throat> It's really a good experience to invest from the very beginning of their resettlement here so that, you know, they will have to become all home ownership. They become, you know, all the things, basic things that they need for life. So it's really the lovely programs that we have. And um, other than that, you know, um, anything. Um, oh, the other thing is now before we are targeting only new Americans, or refugee immigrants. Now we are serving other low income individuals who have been here for the long-term Americans or long-time residents of America. Mm -hmm. So the Ohio kind of program, we become the region seven providers. So this is a kinship program. It's really very interesting and helping a lot of families. It's not income oriented. You know, we don't need any income as a, as a, as a qualification. Anyone who has someone in their family, children, they will be supported. So that's another new development that um, helping uh, any, any low income or even not, not you know, based on income that we are helping. So um, I think those are the programs um, that really, and, and this family engagement and bilingual engagement with Columbus School Districts and Pickerington that we started, it helps a lot of families and children. That program is really growing. The Columbus Schools is very happy and, and Pickerington now we have a contract with them. So it's going to expand to Whitehall in Reynoldsburg. <clears throat> so it's very a good, good, good program that we are building. Any refugee immigrant families that you know, if they are in Columbus City School or Pickingeton, there is, there is bilingual, so speaks a language who understand the culture that, that can help that family and children. So 
But other than that, <clears throat> I think ETSS is now, you know, we have over 200 employees, uh, about 14 locations in Central Ohio. So it becomes one of the largest, you know, and also the new program that the resettlement program that we started are very, very excited. We are now bringing Afghans about 75 to Columbus region and we are going to continue with Ukraine and hopefully that will be an official or permanent settlement agency in Central Ohio. So we are very excited <clears throat> about that new and it completes our refugee migrant program before we're relying on resettlement agencies. Now we become the resettlement agency. Already the infrastructure is built in to welcome all the refugee migrants who are professional, skilled and unskilled. I think, you know, that brings a very joyful thing for our community and for our organization. So very yeah. much, um, you know, in that way we can partner. Uh, we have about 79 partners. We really want to continue. We believe in collaboration and partnership. Mm -hmm. That's what ETSS way is really by working together. So that's amazing. I mean, I, I knew you all did a bunch, a lot of really good stuff. What I'm hearing today, it's like it just kind of blew my mind out of the water of all the things that you all are doing uh, when folks uh, arrive, and then the continuation of services uh, from when they're very young until <clears throat> yeah, house, you know, all these other different opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, so it looks like we're at our time. And I want to make sure that uh, that our folks listening know how to be able to access this particular conversation. So this will be streamed on Facebook. We'll have it on YouTube, Spotify, Buzzsprout. And when we do post this, probably within a week or so, we'll make sure to tag ETSS. Well, I'll let you know exactly when okay. it's okay. going to be posted. And then we're going to, you can shoot it out to whoever you like to know more about your services and get more of an in-depth idea of how you're working with uh, young people, families, uh, okay. new Americans coming into the community and what their, the challenges are, and then how you're helping them navigate all those different uh, pieces of uh, this new experience. So I really appreciate your, your time today. I know we're gonna get an opportunity to partner. Maybe you can come in and talk to some of our Amer AmeriCorps sure. members, because I know there's some intersections there with our AmeriCorps members working in schools like Mifflin and Linden and uh, South High School where they would encounter some students that mm -hmm. are um, uh, new immigrants coming into Central Ohio. So, but as we're training our new AmeriCorps members for the next year, maybe there's an opportunity for you or Emmanuel, uh, Dr. Sleshi, or for you, Emmanuel, to come in and maybe talk and share more about these resources. Because some of them, you know, some people just don't know or mm -hmm. they're just learning about mm -hmm. what's available. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So I would love to be able to, you know, think about partnering that way in the near future. Because I, I learned a lot. I learned some stuff today. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. right? <laughs> but yes, yeah, so at time. And I, you know, I want to thank you, Emmanuel and Dr. Seleshi, for your time. Once again, to all of those listening to the Red Jacket Roundtable, this will be posted uh, to our Facebook page, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Spotify, and YouTube. So come check it out. This mm -hmm. next mm -hmm. went out soon. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you for thank your you time. So much. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. It. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.